the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. The Bible beautifully describes the creation of the first man, woman, and marriage. God made the heavens and the earth with us in mind. Then he made man in his image and breathed into him the breath of life to care for the universe he created. If that wasn't enough, he made woman from the rib of man to complement him. And with God's blessings, they became husband and wife. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander articulates this beautiful truth from the Holy Scriptures. Verse 7, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord. Realize you can worship God in your work. That's right. And you're a missionary on your job. Not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening. Don't be threatening your employees and all these kinds of things, knowing that your mas- your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Let me tell you something about the workplace. Christians ought to glorify God in the workplace by possessing integrity. Integrity. It's hard to invite folk to church from your job if you're cheating. And, 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 and all the office supplies is in your house. Huh? You cl- you, 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 you clocked in, but you're loafing. You're going to other things on the computer, personal business, when you ought to be doing business business. Huh? Extending your lunch break without permission. Amen. A good work ethic. Having a good reputation. When your coworkers speak of you, what are they saying? Having a great attitude. Serving on that job with excellence and quality. Because you don't have to have that job. Thank God for a job. Somebody's looking for one right now. You say, well, I'm not going to work because I'm waiting for something in my field. You better get yourself up and work out of your field until you work to your field. And if you broke, forget the field. Get some money. I'm waiting on my field. Waiting on my field. Waiting on your field. You better go to work. Can't find a job. I see a lot of help wanted signs. You got to let your pride go and go to work. So you submit to your employers. Uh, Then D, we must submit to church leadership. Say church leadership. Hebrews 13, 17. Here's a scripture you don't hear read too often. I wonder why. Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. 
Do you not know I must one day stand before God and give, give an account as to my stewardship of pastorate over you? That's right. And when I stand before God, I should be able to represent you with with joy and not grief. And 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 actually, you know, I, this church is a rather large church It's growing. And, and, and really, I get scared when more folk join because I don't know if I'm doing a good enough job with these that I'm serving. And so when God sends more, I just say, oh, God, you know how much I can handle. Help me in this great ministry to which you have called me to. It is God who determines the growth and the size of a church. Just because a church is not numerically large doesn't mean that church isn't doing anything. There are churches of all sizes. And just because a church is big don't mean it's 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 about the kingdom. Yeah, that's right. You can have a big mess on your hand. You can get a big crowd at a fight. That's right. So just because it's big doesn't mean it's better. And just because it's small doesn't mean they're not about anything. God determines the growth and size of his church. But, 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 the, but the pastoral leadership and the leadership of this church, you must submit and, and, and you must do so with a glad spirit. My responsibility as your pastor, along with the leadership of this church, let me give you my responsibility. Write it down. Write it down. Write my job description down. So you, so you know what, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I can sure give you yours. Okay. Number one, to feed the flock, to feed the flock of God, the word of God. That's right. If I'm not feeding you the word of God, I'm doing you a tremendous disservice. You know, you're not here at eight o'clock in, in this morning for me to play patty cake with you. Why you why you get up? This, this is early. Look at all these folk here. Because you know you're going to hear a word from the Lord. Listen, I don't give you no junk. That's right. And, you know, and I don't worry about who come and goes because sheep go where they are fed. You put the right food in the trough, they're going to keep staying there and they're going to keep eating. So my responsibility to you is to feed the flock of God. Number two, to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. To equip you. Oh, pastor, go do this. Go do that. Wait a minute. My job is to disciple you, to equip you to do the work of the ministry. If I try to do be all things to all people, I have a heart attack, be dead, you'll be burying me by midnight tonight. My responsibility along with the leadership is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Number three, to lead the church in soul winning. Say soul winning. Yeah, uh, we had about 30 or so said Manuel uh, to come out. But you know what? We should have had many, many more. 30 or 40 came out for soul winning. And I was trying to get here. And on my way here, uh, I was on I was on a mission to come here. And then God diverted my mission. There was a. A, a man walking on the side of the freeway on I-35, his car had broken down. He had one stroller with a three-month-old baby in it. And then he was walking with a little four-year-old. And they were, the car was just, shoo, shoo, shoo. And I looked at him. I said, oh, but I'm going to knock on doors. God said, no, you stop. You got enough to go knock on doors. You go help them right there. That's your outreach ministry. So I pulled the car over. You know, and I told him, got, in, got, got the kids in and put the stroller in the back of the, of the back part of the SUV and got the kids all in. And 
And I said, well, where are you going, mister? He said, man, my car broke down. I don't have no money. I, I'm in a bad shape. And uh, I, uh, can you just take me to the store somewhere safe where I can call my wife? So he, but then he thought he called, he was nervous. He called his wife. And so she was on the way. And so he said, well, can you turn back around? She's on the way. And I said, well, let's not go on the side of that freeway. It's too expensive. So I went over to the Shell just before Shirts Parkway, and we raided right there. He said, man, if I stayed there, I know it's going to be in trouble. And I said, why? Because I was trying to help my family, but I was driving without license. And I said, yeah, you sure would have. And so uh, I, he said, but thank you, thank you, thank you. But what am I going to do about my car? I don't, have, uh, I don't have any money. I don't have this. And so by that time, his little wife came, and she has cancer, and she was just out of the hospital. And, and, uh, and I said, and they, the, the common law, and they living together. And I said, well, y'all need to get married. He said, we, would, we, we got an engagement ring, but she just pawned the rings to get me out of jail. It was just one. I mean, it was just, it was just getting, I mean, and so it was getting, so I said, okay. And so I said, well, my car's down. I'm going to get that car off the road. So, you know, I, I used my AAA plus and I called and talked to the people. And I waited there about 50 minutes to an hour or so. Finally, the man came. And so I had a chance to witness to them about Christ. Then I had a chance to witness to the tow truck driver that came. <laughs> Start telling him about Jesus and where does he go to church? You know, and then I was able to put some money in the guy's pocket and they got the car. I said, no, no, you and your family don't try to get on that freeway. Listen, you all go on to the apartment. We'll get your car towed to, to your apartment and uh, you, you ride with the tow man and uh, it all worked itself out. They just thank me. This is a divine appointment. I said, it's a divine appointment because God is arresting your attention. God don't want y'all shacking. You need to be a godly father. God is calling you to be a godly mother. I say, you got uh, cervical cancer. Why are you smoking those cancer sticks? And so I had a chance to just admit it. I said, listen, you got to make good decisions. I said, do you have a Bible? We don't have a Bible. I said, you come to Maranatha and we're going to, we'll furnish you with the Bible and we'll do these things. And by that time, the whole outreach, the neighborhood outreach, I'm quite sure they were over. I never got there. But my mission was soul winning and my my mission was was that couple that needed a word from the Lord and some direction for the Lord as Pastor Rander continues the most beautiful love story ever told from the best resource ever written he conveys the role of the husband and wife in marriage marriages founded upon and lived out according to the word of God are marriages that last till death do us part and set the God-ordained marital foundation for generations to come. Listen as Pastor Rander continues to feed our hearts, minds, and souls with this sacred truth from God's Word. You witness as you... Listen, you don't just go out to witness. You witness as you go. Huh? So so my job is to be a soul winner. Say soul winner. You see, another responsibility of mine is to protect the church from false doctrine. You know, there's a lot of doctrines out there, some crazy wacko people, everybody that wear a nice suit and very oratorical in their speech doesn't mean they're saying the right thing. And you, got, you say, well, how do, I know, how do you know what's right or wrong? You need to know the scriptures for yourself to be able to discern truth from error. And my responsibility, along with the leadership, is to guard this church from false doctrine. The church can't grow healthy on false teaching. 
My responsibility as pastor is to pray earnestly for the saints. I'm praying for you and your responsibility is to be praying for me. We're to pray ye one for another. My responsibility as a pastor is to be a good example before the flock of God. Y'all not see me flirting and messing around with other dress tails. That's right. I'm a one woman's man. I got my woman, my wife, and you got yours. And and, uh, you pray for one if you don't have one, but leave mine alone. That's right. I'm satisfied. I'm not out looking for nobody. Amen. I'm content. That's right. The Bible says every man have his own wife and own husband, own wife, own husband, and so forth. Then my responsibility is to help the church look more like Christ. That's the goal. I don't want to make I don't want to make you a bunch of little draperlets. Some little cookie cutter mold. That's not my responsibility. I want to make you just like me. No, 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 no. You're unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nobody like you. You have your own spiritual DNA. And you ought to thank God you are uniquely you. My responsibility, my goal is to get you to look more like Jesus. To fall in love with him and to look more like him. My responsibility as your pastor, along with his leadership, is to watch over your soul. Now, that's a big one to watch over your souls, which is to look after your soul, to nurture you in the things of God, to tend to your spiritual needs while you are under my charge, to give you the best of what I have to offer because you matter to me. I love you so much. That's why I'm passionate about what I do is because I have to answer to God. But listen, let me tell you something. I love this work in ways you don't even imagine. My wife and I serve this church faithfully when you all couldn't give us nothing. We we, we served this church when we were bivocational. We both worked outside and then did the work here because this church was so small. We, we planted this church. You could not afford. And we sacrificed ourselves to this church. A lot of people see where you are, but they don't know where you've been. That's right. Those times my early days of ministry, we only made $1,600 a month, $400 a week with a family of four. We had to plant some collard greens outside and some... That's right, and some tomatoes and some mustards. And everything had to had to be eatable, edible, however you want to say it. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you had to be able to eat it. We planted plum trees, huh? A pear trees, a peach trees. That they could if we couldn't eat off of it, we didn't plant it. We lived off the land. Off a yard. It wasn't an acre either, it was just a little yard. But let me tell you something, God made those trees bend over with fruits. And he supplied all of our needs. Yes, you see where we are, but you don't know where we've been. You see. Let me tell you something about submission. Here it is. Listen, y'all listening. Apart from submission, no church will reach her God-given potential. Do you hear what I just said? Apart from what? Submission. No church will reach our God-given potential. The absence of submission creates an environment for confusion, strife. When there's no submission in the church, there's going to be pain. When there's no submission in the church, there will be division and separation and splits. And will keep the church from carrying out the kingdom agenda that God has called us to serve in. So without submission, and that's why some churches don't get any further. 
It's because everybody's in it for what they can get, their power struggles and all kind of gains and undermining the ministry and all these kinds of things. And the church just end up in regression. Who's to submit? Listen, wives must submit to their husbands. Ephesians 5.22 says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Submission is the key to a healthy, well-balanced home. Only when wives submit to the Lord will they be able to submit to their husband. Listen, wives, you will not submit to your husband until you first submit to the Lord. God will bless the wife who honors the headship and covering of her husband. That's just God's design. God knows what's best for the family because he designed it. Then husbands must submit to their roles and responsibilities as husbands. Husbands are, are commanded to submit to the love, of, the love of your wife, love by loving your wives, submitting to your God-given responsibilities. You need to submit to being the priest in your home. When is the last time you prayed over your children? Husband, when is the last time your children walked in on you and found you on your knees? When is the last time you gave a Bible verse, or you read the scripture to your children. See, you should submit to those things. You should submit as a provider. Your children ought not wonder whether you're going to come home or not, and you're going to bring that paycheck home. Your wife ought to know the bacon's coming home. You are the protector of that house. You're the protector of that marriage. You're the covering for your wife, as well as your family. Man, God is counting on you. You're to submit, man. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. When husbands submit to the Lord, we, we will submit to our responsibilities, such as loving our wives and loving our children, honoring our wives. You don't dishonor your wife by talking her down and belittling her. You, 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 you don't disrespect her before others. You, you have a spirit that listens to her from the heart. You have a, you're determined to provide for her. You make sure that her best interests come first. Her interests come first. You're not looking out for yourself. You ought to submit to the responsibility of ministering to your spouse because you love her. It's so much because God gave her to you. That's right. God gave her to you. So man, God is calling you to submit. Then children must submit to their parents. See, children. somebody said, oh, Lord. Children are to submit to their what? Parents. Ephesians 6, 1, 2, and 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you, huh? and you may live long on the earth. Let me tell you something, children. Number one, children, I got something I need to tell you. Children, be mindful that God chastens a spirit of rebellion but blesses a spirit of obedience. If you want to have a good, if you want to have a successful life, you're not, it's not, you need to, you need to obey and honor your parents. If you want it to go well with you in life's journey, you better start obeying and confessing your sins and being in your place and staying in your place. You grown in the house, you still under the authority. Amen. If you, you can't follow instructions, then get your own house and pay your own bills. What y'all say, amen, parents? You're going to have a bad attitude opening your refrigerator, flushing your toilet, 
you bathing in your water, the bills you got to pay on, and they can't obey you the first time, you better straighten yourself up. The worst thing you can have is ungrateful children, and some of y'all bless rebellion. That's what's wrong with you. Some of y'all bless rebellion, kids acting a fool, and you still giving them more gadgets. Do a blessed subtraction. Subtract some of these things that are that is of worth to them. Stop giving them everything they ask for. Put them on solitary confinement. Lock them out of their room. You might not can lock them out of the house. CPS will come after you. Lock them out the room. You can't go in your room. You stay right out here. Sleep on the floor. Sleep on the floor. You know, you, you know. You, you can get back in that bed when you start obeying. You know, you can't even have the pillow. That's my pillow. See, you can, you can do some things, and and you haven't put one mark on them. <laughs> Listen, don't let your children pull that bad attitude, no good attitude, sloppy attitude on you. Listen, you're not putting up with that hell in your house. Okay, now let's go to son. I'm through with that part. Now let's go to the parents. Let's look at Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Y'all hanging with me? I believe you are. Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Look what it says. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. <laughs> Y'all say that? <laughs> Y'all laughing at that. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Let me tell you something about children. I started talking about that Wednesday night, and it's still in my spirit. I said I was going to be preaching about it on Sunday, so God just, just moved me right on into Sunday with this. What well, We started this on Wednesday night, talking about children. We're almost done. Sadly, we live in a society and culture that does not love children. Babies are aborted for convenience or to avoid shame and embarrassment. Children are abused. Children are used in pornographic pictures. Children are used for prostitution and slave trafficking. We live in a, we live in a society that, 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 that's not a child-friendly society. Children can't even walk the streets to school anymore. Lest they be picked up and taken and you can't find them anywhere. Children dismembered all kinds of in trunks and garbage can children all all kinds of things are happening to children because we live in a culture that promotes death and skeletons and darkness and children know when you don't like them that's right when's the last time a child came up and hugged you or came up and conversed with you maybe they don't come to you because you never go to them this time you smile at a child or took time to just squat down and say, how you doing today? You have some churches that are really not child friendly. They can't touch this. Can't do that. Don't go there. Don't do that. They don't know what to do. And you just don't do them right on out the church. Huh? 
We must allow our children to take ownership in the church by giving them opportunities to serve if they are mature enough to handle that responsibility. You see that young man? That's a 17-year-old young man. He's been worship leading here since he was about what? Since you were about 12 years old. Now he's 17. He's a senior now. And he's been doing that. I told him in the office this morning, I said, do you not know? I wonder how many children at your school is a worship leader and be able to put that on their resume. <laughs> huh? That's just wonderful to, to train them up. Children, children, young folk. There's a little teenager here on the cameras. They're ushering. They, 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 they're back in the media room. They're all over the place. Because we don't believe, we believe our children ought to be integrated in the life of the church. I don't even believe that you ought to have children in church. Every pastor is different to me. I need to just put the cookies down enough where they can reach them. Huh? I think the best teachers in church are the parents. They ought to sit right next to you and watch you cry and sniffle and blow snot so they can learn how to, that's right. Trust God. Amen. They ought to see you shouting and waving your hand. And all of a sudden, they'll start to, they ought to catch the vision of worship from you. Through the week, your child go to school, you go to work, and uh, then when they come here, we come here, and the children go to another compartment. We compartmentalize everything away. I believe it ought to be a holistic experience. I learned that concept from being in Uganda. Those kids, they get on those little mats. There's no other rooms for children's church. Man, they be jumping and praising God and worshiping God and praying. And they are so serious about God with the adults in the worship experience. It's a wonderful thing when parents and children can sit together as a family unit. I'm not saying those who have children in church are wrong. It's just my conviction as the Lord has given it to me here. Uh, Number three, parents realize that children are a gift from the Lord to us. And we will give an account of our parental stewardship. They're a gift. You say, you mean to tell me that little snotty nose? That's a gift. They're talking back. That's a gift. Amen. Discipline the gift in love. Pastor Rander concludes this message by sharing spiritual wisdom regarding the God-ordained role of the husband and wife in marriage, children and parental responsibility in the family, and pastors, bishops, elders, deacons, and women in the church. There is no question that God sanctified marriage. He ordained and blessed it in the beginning. If we desire to experience joy in marriage, we must follow God's lead. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.